The calendar has flipped to August. It is Monday, August 2nd. Daily Dingers is back. I'm Steve Armato, back with Steve Inman all week long as Jack is on vacation. And before we get into it, um, Steve, we are going to talk a little bit about some of these trade deadline acquisitions and some immediate impact so far. And then we're going to also get into a little bit of uh, the Kamar Rocker situation. We'll get to that in a bit, but let's start with the trade deadline acquisition, Steve. Um, how are we doing, and what do you think about the weekend? The first couple games after the deadline this weekend with the uh, with players moving all over the place here. Well, you got to start with the Scherzer-Turner trade, right? I mean, the Dodgers get the best bat and the best arm of the deadline. Don't really give up all that much, although I do like Josiah Gray. It's just crazy because it started with a Ken Rosenthal tweet that said, Scherzer close to going to the Padres. And instead, not only does he not go to the Padres, the Padres then lose Fernando Tatis, and then Scherzer goes to your biggest division rival. Just a gut-wrenching you know, weekend for the Padres, and now the Dodgers look as good as they've ever looked and a team that's won this division basically 10 years in a row. Yeah, and <clears throat> the thing is now with the Dodgers too, like the pitching staff is – it was already absurd – but like yeah. now, like I don't expect Bauer to be back, rightfully so. No, he's probably he probably won't pitch in the MLB again. Um, but now you just basically replaced him with with Max Scherzer, and then now you're taking you got court. So think about that. They also added an all star shortstop too, not just Trey Turner, but um, Seager came back from the 60 day DL on Friday. So now you added two mega like pieces in in Scherzer, Turner, and you got Seager back, there's no way they don't win that division, no? Like, there's no shot. I mean, I know the Giants are up on them a little bit, but, like, is is here's my question. Is the addition of Chris Bryant going to be enough to hold off the addition of Scherzer and Trey Turner with Corey Seager coming back? It's just the Giants are so weird, right? Like, the talent on that team does not reflect, to me, a division winner. They, they no. look like a pesky team that's going to – bother another team on their way to a 500 season and yet at the same time here they are 20 plus games over 500 I don't know I don't know really what to evaluate with this team now they add the big bat and Chris Bryant I just think the Dodgers are just so much better than them and head to head I would think the Dodgers are going to come out ahead you would think I mean I don't even know how many games they they have left against each other I know they just had like seven against each other last couple of weeks um, be right. Actually, it was perfect timing right before the deadline um, that 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 all happened. But I just I don't know if the Giants like I think the Giants because of the hot because of the start that they had. I think they're going to make the playoffs, whether it's going to be a wild card or whatever or whatever else. But I don't think they're good enough to like hold on to that division. Now, funny enough. Funny enough, the first game after the trade deadline, the Dodgers go to Arizona and lose to a terrible Diamondbacks team. But still, I, I just I don't know if I think the impact that Scherzer and Trey Turner are going to have on that Dodgers team is going to be so much. Like I don't I think they're going to go on one of those like Mets twenty fifteen style runs where they're just going to end up running away with that division. I could be wrong, but that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy. It's Obviously, this Dodger team looks like a 100-plus win team. It's just, what do we think of this Giants team? They're already 27 over 500 right now. So it's like, if you go 500 the rest of the season, 
that's going to get you into the playoffs with ease. So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. Again, this giant team is just so hard to figure out. Yeah, agreed. Now, let's move on one second here. <clears throat> Keeping with the trade deadline acquisition theme, what what do you think the odds were to parlay? Not even parlay. What the odds would have been if you said that Baez, Bryant, and Rizzo would all homer in their first games with their new teams? I would say like plus 5,000. You'd probably be a very rich person. Yeah. Like that, I probably wouldn't have done it, but no, nobody, yeah. nobody would have thought that. But I mean, that was pretty cool. Rizzo hit. Rizzo's on fire. Like, let's go to him real quick. Rizzo's absolutely on fire so far with the Yankees. Now is it, I don't know. Is it the change of scenery? Is it the let? Now also, people don't really know this. I don't think people know this. Um, Rizzo's parents actually live in Boca, so it was kind of like a homecoming for him. Over over the weekend, um, going to the Yankees and playing in Miami, but um, I don't know, man. He looks really good as a Yank so far, and he gets to make his home debut tonight. I think he's going to be a huge, huge piece for them down the stretch here. Yeah, for for whatever reason, this Cubs team seemed to be just in a malaise for most of the season, where they just couldn't get it going. None of their guys were really hitting to what the back of their baseball cards were saying, and then all of a sudden, now you're like, okay. Baez, you're going to a pennant race. Bryant, you're going to a pennant race. Anthony Rizzo, you're going to a pennant race. I think it's going to help all three of them hit better. And then on top of that, by the way, these guys are all in contract years who could break the bank if they finish, you know, two strong months with these, you know, contenders, right? So I really like the Rizzo move for the Yankees. I, I like that as the best of those three guys in terms of fit. And I think he's going to have a monster second half and just, you know, go back to the, the 30 and 100 guy that we all knew and loved before. Absolutely. <clears throat> Side note, Steve Inman hates the Javi Baez move. Uh, you can talk about that real quick. Javi Baez hates a strong word. I just – I'm not a big fan of him. I just don't – he doesn't get on base, and that's the kind of way I would build my team, right? And that's the way Sandy Alderson usually builds his teams. You know, guys with big power, that's him. But guys who get on base, and that's not him. And he's got, you know, a 290 on base for the season. He hit 200 last year, and he's hitting better this year, but that's not, it's not great. And he's a guy who I can't measure what he's going to bring them in terms of the clubhouse. He's a guy that Lindor, every time Baez takes a swing, Lindor's laughing, and, and, and they're showing him in the dugout, right? So I don't know what kind of impact he's going to have on this team. But in terms of his offense, I don't think he was the move they needed to make. I thought Chris Bryant would have been the guy who could really rejuvenate this offense, a team that is second to last in baseball and, and runs per game this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought Bryant was a better fit. I'm not going to lie. I, but I don't I don't dislike it. It's I, I guess it's just like a wait and see. You know, like I don't sure. – it's a wait and see. It's a wait and, and see. I think he'll get better – as a Met than he did this year as a Cub, I just don't think he's a guy long-term I really want to build around because he's he leads the league in strikeouts. He's very hit or miss. He's not really the kind of player I, I would want. And then also, like they just really needed starting pitching, right? And That was the thing. A guy like Zach Davies made a lot of sense. And there are reports that said the Mets got to choose between Davies and uh, and Trevor Williams, who they took, and they picked Trevor Williams because he had options and they could send him down for a bit. And that's, that's dumb. It doesn't make any sense to me. And Davies is always a guy who doesn't strike anybody out. So it's like if 
things are going well, he looks good. When things are not going well, he doesn't look like a major league pitcher. So it's not like they lost out on this huge pitcher, right? But it's still something that he probably could have helped them and helped them pretty soon. I mean, he's like 13 and four. Like he's yeah. not, you know, he's not, he's not terrible. So <clears throat> I don't know. They're part, they, partly no hitter this year. I know. They, the part, they threw six innings of a no hitter. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, and then, I mean, I guess Bryant, I've only seen, we, what was yesterday's first game? Yeah. Hit a home run. I mean, it's a wait and see with that. I think he'll he'll have an impact on that lineup, but I don't he'll have an impact on that lineup. But I just don't know if the like I think the Mets and the and the Yankees the rest of the lineup is good enough that Rizzo and Baez are like kind of have like protection in there. I don't think the Giants lineup is like very good. So I think it's like Brian. I'm you, the Giant and, team is just sneaky. Like they've outscored the Mets and the Yankees this year. I know. I don't, I don't. Not. I don't so really. I don't know how it's unbelievable, but yeah. All right, let's get off that real quick, um, and let's just quickly touch on the uh, Kamar Rocker saga that went down. Um, a lot of people don't understand like really what went down. They just think that the Mets botched botched it over a million dollars, which is actually not true at all. Um, just explain like what went down and like why this is more common than people think. Yeah, so this is pretty common, obviously. Kumar Rocker was a guy who fell to 10. We didn't really know why he fell to 10. To be honest, we still don't really know why he fell to 10. Was it money demands? Did other teams know about his injuries? But basically how it works is the Mets had to, going forward after that first pick, spend less money on their other top 10 draft picks. So they're signing you know, senior guys, guys who they felt were going to be much easier to sign under the slot. Because of that, they were able to go from $4.7 million to offer Rocker $6 million to get him away from Vanderbilt. It seemed like a win-win. They were the first team to basically agree to a, a deal with their guy. Then they give him the physical, and it all fell apart. I don't know what's in this physical, but it was clearly something that made them think he was not worth the, the signing. And when you, as a pitcher, when you don't agree to the MRI before the draft – the team doesn't have to sign you and can still recoup a pick next year. So they go from the 10th pick this year to the 11th pick next year, plus whatever pick the Mets are going to finish with. So if they finish with the 20th pick, they'll have like 11th and 20th. And to me, if there was something wrong with those medicals, they did the right thing because it's, it's a situation which it sucks. It's embarrassing, but at the same time, don't compound the mistake by signing a guy who you don't know he might be damaged goods and the um the scott boris side is not saying he's healthy the scott boris side is saying this is the same thing he's had for years so whatever it is they're not denying he's he's damaged goods they're denying that he can't pitch through it so it's a really interesting situation that we probably will never know the answer to the thing is it's risky for the mets to like especially with the medical records it's risky to invest that type of money in him, I know he's yeah. been really good in college, but you also got to look at the fact that this dude's got a lot of mileage on yes. his arm already, especially from throwing in college. They throw, listen, college, look, there's a difference between drafting a kid out of high school. Like high school kids, they don't play that many games. High school kids don't, don't play that many games, right? They play some AAU and travel during the season too, but College plays a lot of games, and college coaches don't really care. They'll let you go up to like 130 pitches if if need be. They don't. I mean, we we saw this with Matt Harvey. He was going 135 pitches a game in North Carolina. He gets to the Mets, and they're like, apparently, like Omar and I and all of them were like furious. They were just like, 
I can't believe they're they're letting him do this. And he was more or less done by 26. So right. it's it happens. It's it's unfortunate. It's the 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 big case this reminds me of is Brady Aiken with the Astros. He goes number one overall, this big lanky, you know, left-hander and well, they looked at his medicals and then were like, no, we, we, we can't do this. And they, because of that, they wind up with a number two overall pick the next year. They take Alex Bregman. That worked out for them. And Brady Aiken is taken 16th overall by the, by the Indians either that year or the year after, and he never got an A-ball. So okay. it happens. And if the Mets turn this 11th pick next year into a pretty good big leaguer, we're going to be laughing about the situation. If they don't turn this player into anything and Rocker becomes good, this is something that's going to you know haunt the Mets for a long time. But right now it's just a TBD. But also now, like, the thing is now Rocker goes back to Vanderbilt. He's not going to go back to Vanderbilt. He's so probably he's going to go to a, the independent ball or, you know, some kind of, you know, independent league and he'll pitch there for a year and go back into the draft. All right. So, I mean, I guess we'll see. I, I don't know. I, In my opinion, any – any elbow issue that could be a thing. I, and also he lost velocity throughout the year too. Let's yeah. not forget that. So I feel like the Mets <clears throat> ended up making the right decision, but we'll see long-term. It, it just sucks because like, it's not something that just, Hey, you lost out on this kid. You impacted your entire draft because right. now you had to take guys who were going to be cheaper to sign than maybe the guys you would have taken if you knew this was going to happen. Right. Right. So, I mean, let's see. Let's see. You're, you're absolutely right, though. All right. Now let's do – let's get into our, our official picks. It's Monday. It's August 2nd. Um, best bet for today, Steve. What do you got? I'm going with the Giants. We just talked about them. Anthony Desclafani, Tony Disco, minus one and a half, uh, minus 115. You know, in Arizona, I the Arizona Diamondbacks stink. The Giants are a great team, obviously. They're reinforced with Chris Bryant. I think this is an easy one. Yeah, I mean, basically, anytime you could fade the D-backs in any way, shape, or form, you're probably going to do pretty well because they don't they don't win games often. Except yeah. that they ruined my parlay on Friday. Who would have thought that? Who would have thought? Who would have thought that my parlay on Friday night would have been ruined by the D-backs? The Dodgers were like minus one eighty favorites, and I had a three legger. I had Astros. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had Astros, I had Dodgers, and I had A's all on the money line. And the Dodgers blew it against the D-backs. That was the one I was like, oh, that's a lock. The, the Dimebacks have been your kryptonite all year. You bet on them, they don't win. You bet against them, they win. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. They are now – I feel like they are on my no-bet list, like, either way. Like, I just stay away from them. It just has to be done. My best bet today – and this is a guy who should be on my no-bet list, but I just can't help myself here. So – I got Yankees Orioles over nine and a half. It's at minus one fifteen. Like this should be a situation where I stop trashing Andrew Haney and I choose the under because I anticipate him locking down the Orioles for six innings. But I'm just not going to do that because he's a fly ball pitcher. He's making a date his debut as a Yankee in Yankee Stadium. And on the other side, the Orioles are throwing Jorge Lopez, cool six one nine ERA. So I'm going to rely on the Yankees offense to like actually be good and score more than three runs tonight. And I'm also going to rely on the Orioles, who actually hit lefties pretty well, to score some runs off Andrew Haney. Over 9.5, minus 115. It's a light slate today. It's only eight games. This is like one of my favorite picks for the day. Yeah, I love that one, obviously. And as you said, it's a very light slate. Looking through all these things was very tough. 
For my upset, I'm going with the Nationals plus 100. It's Josiah Gray's debut. I really like him. He's facing Ranger Suarez of the Phillies. Ranger has been one of the best relievers in baseball all season. He's got a 1.12 ERA. They're now moving him to the rotation, which sounds interesting, but not for today because he's a guy who has made six appearances since the All-Star break. None of them have been over one inning long. This is not a guy I expect to go four or five innings today. He's not stretched out, and because of that, the Phillies bullpen is going to go seven innings today. And that sounds terrible. That just sounds really bad. That's bad against anybody. Your bullpen's been bad all year, so I don't really get why they're the favorites in this one, and Nationals plus 100 seems pretty easy to me. I actually like that a lot. Anytime you get extended use out of the Phillies bullpen, you have to, like, fade that. Nationals are home, too. Yeah, I mean, that's to me, that's a great move by you. Um, So... I like that a lot. I'm going other side here. Not other side. I, I'm going I, – I don't love this, but I think there's something here. So I'm doing Mariners' first five money line against the Rays, plus 140. Um, so I don't particularly love it, like I said. Now, basically because, like, the Mariners destroyed their clubhouse when they traded Kendall Graveman and they were hot and everything. So weird. So odd, weird. Odd. And the Rays just won't stop winning baseball games. But – I'm going to ride Chris Flexen here. He's been very good for Seattle, and I'm fading an up-and-down Michael Waka. And here's a, I got a little stat about Flexen. He did pitch so he did pitch in the KBO last year. Yeah. He threw 116 innings last year. He threw more innings than any major league baseball pitcher did last year. That's so, a great stat. So we were talking – last time you were on, I think we brought up Flexen, and we said how – May he might fade out. I don't think he's going to fade out because he actually has more stamina. He has more tread on the tires than anybody did from a year ago. Well, we said he was going to fade out because he doesn't strike anybody out. And like right. that's the concern. That, but the innings thing is very interesting because you're going to see in August and September more young pitchers going down because they just can't go 100 extra innings than they did last year. Flexing is not going to be one of those guys. That's a great point. And again, betting against Michael Waka is not a bad thing. No, not at all. And look, I'm staying away from any bullpen activity here. I'm doing just the first five. I don't want to get into the raise pen and like have to deal with that later on. Um, so Mariners first five money line. I think they could, you know, they could push a couple across against. I, I mean, I hope you could push a couple across against Michael Walker. He stinks. Yeah. So just give me that plus one forty is is pretty good. And like I said, light slate type of day. I'll take my chances here. Not a full unit play. But, you know, be smart with your money. But this is, like, where we're going here, you know? Yeah, and, makes sense. And, and that'll bring us to our Daily Dinger. I know you like this one. Let's go. We talked about him already, but who do you got here? Anthony Rizzo, the new pride of the New York Yankees, plus 320 to Homer against the Baltimore Orioles. He's 5 for 9 with two bombs as a Yankee. Now he's facing some terrible, terrible Baltimore pitching Jorge Lopez today. If you're wondering how he's a big leaguer until you realize, oh, he's an Oriole. They don't have any pitching. I really like this one a lot. Yeah, I, I, so I like what I like more too about it is he, he actually is like built for the 305 foot fence in right field yeah. at Yankee State. I know it's 315 Yankee fans, but I'm gonna say it's 305. You guys, you guys have a little league field. That's fine, but uh, he's built for that short porch. So. I <coughs> excuse me. So I I love that. Um, I'm going with just a guy who's a large 
human being that hits the ball to the moon. I'm doing Fran Miel Reyes. He's plus 300 on DraftKings. Um, you know what? He's only got six at-bats against <clears throat> Robbie Ray. He's got a single and a double. But honestly, this like the if you look at the stats, the batter versus pitcher stats today, nothing's like super – nothing's really great. Um, yeah, it's tough. I'm just taking a guy who's – and I hit it to the moon, and that's what I'm doing. Plus 300, Fran Reyes. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy. I could see this being a uh, one for four with three Ks kind of day, but the one is a home run, and that's Easily. all that That's what he does. That's just who he. Yes. That's just who he is. He. Yeah. That's just who no, he I, is. I don't. I don't like that at all. It's really interesting because my last couple of dinger guys have not homered or not played that day. The next day they come in, they homer. So yeah, you know this might be a delayed play, but Rizzo and uh, and Reyes make a lot of sense. Yeah, a hundred percent. Now before we get out of here, what are you doing for Nerfy today? This one was really tough. I had Mets Marlins ready to go, and I was going to talk about, you know, how good Alcantara has been until I realized he went yesterday. And so now, of course, I'm going with the uh, the Nationals and the uh, and the Phillies. Ranger Suarez, we just talked about how I don't think he's going to give you length. That doesn't matter in a no-run first inning. He'll give you that one scoreless inning, okay? And then Josiah Gray, I like him a lot, you know, especially as a guy who – has some big league experience. This is not a guy without any big league experience. I think he'll be pretty good in his Nationals debut. And uh, this Phillies offense is nothing special. And the Nationals, you just saw them dismantle most of this team. They'll walk Juan Soto. They'll get around him, and everything will be fine. I love it. I love it. So that's it for us today, that's Steve. Minus, that's minus 110. On, minus 110 uh, on, that. on that? All right. I like, I like that a lot. And listen – this is only day one. We got, we got, we're with, we're with each other all week, Steve. Jack, Jack's enjoying, Jack's sipping Mai Tais somewhere. I don't know what he's doing, but it's you and me all week, baby. Can't wait. It's going to be, it's going to be exciting. Um, anything else before we get out of here? No, that's about it. Thanks for having me and I uh, can't wait for tomorrow. Awesome. Awesome. So everyone, don't forget to go to thegameday.com and check out everything that our affiliates have to offer. Don't forget to subscribe to Daily Dingers on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. For Steve Inman, I am Steve Armato. We will see you tomorrow.